Hi everyone, thanks for listening in again to the Year 9 Health and PE podcast looking at the skeletal system. We're going to start off looking at homework sheet number 2, giving some corrections there so that you can mark for yourself or grade for yourself and look at where you could potentially improve your understanding or make some corrections. Question number 2 is a little trip up that some people have had, identifying the anterior posterior view. Firstly, anterior, front surface of the body, posterior, rear surface of the body. We need to work out which is which. Looking at the image, the left-hand image shows the patella. We know that the patella is on the front of the knee, therefore the anterior surface. That tells me straight away that image on the left-hand side is the anterior view of the body. By the same token, the image on the right-hand side doesn't have a patella, so we know that that's the posterior view. You can also identify this by looking at the feet, with the phalanges being on the anterior and the heel being at the posterior view. The sections of the spine, most people did well in labelling that. Creating an acronym is something that you can do to assist in your memory of those sections and which way they flow. One that I was taught was children think love sounds crazy. Lining up there with the actual sections, CTLSC, cervical, thoracic, lumbar, sacrum, coccyx. Assuming, question four, assuming someone has sustained an injury to L1, L refers to lumbar, so it's saying what's happened in the lumbar vertebrae, and you would have worked on that when you completed the page on vertebra and the vertebral column. The basketballer identifying midlines and lateral sides, people did that really well, so good job there. If you need to review that, then by all means have a conversation with your teacher. Part five Good on you if you chose three different images to try and challenge yourself to increase your understanding. You're going to need to keep on doing that if you want to do well in anatomy and body systems. The important part with this was labelling your joint correctly. So we weren't looking for anything complicated there, just to tell me if it's at the shoulder, the elbow, the knee, the hip, the ankle, the wrist, whichever movement is occurring. Uh, Sorry, whichever joint the movement is occurring at. Then naming the movement comes down to flexion, extension, adduction, abduction. The next part of that was identifying the bones involved. Literally, if you go straight to a skeletal diagram, you look at the knee and you go, okay, well, which bones are existing in the knee? We've got the patella, the femur, and tibia. Okay, you've got three bones there. They're the ones involved in that movement. There's no other bones there. That's really simple. If you can challenge yourself to do that for different movements, then you're going to find that you're going to do really well. Okay, that's enough on the homework sheet. Having a look at lesson three, the key focus for that was joints and the different joints that exist within the body. We know that there are three main types and we'll have a quick look at some of those. So looking at the first, the fibrous joint or the fixed joint, that does not move. It has no movement allowed in it. There are a few examples of that one. You could look at the sacrum, which is a collection of vertebrae that are fused together, or the bone is all connected so it doesn't move. Or the skull, the cranium, is a key aspect where you can see that happening. With your skull, my skull, adults, teenagers, that's all fused together and joined with what we call sutures between different bones. If we were to look at an infant, then particularly newborns, they're not completely fused together. Those sutures have not developed yet. So that's to allow for the child to be born. And it's why you have to be so careful with uh, the heads of small children. Apart from the fact that they don't have any um, muscle strength to hold their heads up, then 
they also need though, to be careful because those bones can still potentially move. They're not fully fused together. So your cranium is made up of a collection of bones, frontal bone, parietal bone, occipital bone, temporal bones, sphenoid bone, all connecting to form that really big surface that protects the skull. If we think about functions of the skeletal system, what does it do? That protects the brain, which is clearly pretty important. So they all fuse together over time and they don't move. A cartilaginous joint, slightly movable. We want it to move a little bit, but not much. So between vertebrae, we want them to move. We also want there to be some sort of shock absorption. We don't want the bones grinding on each other. So we needed something in there, a cartilaginous joint. It holds them together, allows it to move a little bit, but not heaps. There's another one that people will probably know, and that's if you go, if you're looking at a diagram of the pelvis, it's where the bones actually connect with one another down right at the sort of the base. So if you imagine your left hand side and your right hand side of your pelvis joining right at the bottom there, there's actually a very small cartilaginous joint in there. And if you've heard of uh, athletes suffering from osteitis pubis, then that would be an inflammation or injury at that joint, a cartilaginous joint, which doesn't allow for a lot of movement, but can be quite painful if that one's injured um, in order for that one to repair. The synovial joint, the freely movable joints, they're the ones we're really going to focus on because they're the ones that allow for movement of the human body, which is ultimately what we're trying to learn about. How do we move in health and PE? So they're freely movable. You can obviously sit there and come up with lots of examples of different parts of your body you can move. They can move because there's a synovial joint there. Now, the activity was asking you to group the image or shift the images around to... Uh, identify whether they were fixed, slightly movable or freely movable, so cartilaginous, whether they were fibrous or whether they were synovial. And we had a few queries because we were saying, okay, well, the vertebral column, we've said that that is a cartilaginous joint. What about when you're shifting your head sideways, you're turning your head because that movement happens between C1 and C2, the first of the vertebrae, so therefore vertebrae must have a cartilaginous joint. In this case, C1 and C2, they are not a cartilaginous joint. That is definitely a synovial joint because they slide on top of one another, though they move sideways on top of one another to allow movement. Okay, so a bit of a trick one that we had in my class and we said that we'd come back to looking at that one. Well, there's your answer. That one is synovial because of the amount of movement that is allowed. Let's have a bit more of a look at the structure of the synovial joint. The fibrous joint capsule, that's really important, that holds the whole thing together because we will find out as we talk a little bit more that certain things need to remain inside the joint. At the same time, we also need some sort of a layer to stop things from getting in there. If you could imagine if all of a sudden there was a little fragment that ended up between the bones that comprise of your knee and you then tried to stand up or change the angle of that joint, those bones came together and crushed something between the two of them, that would really cause quite a lot of pain. So we don't want that. The fibrous joint capsule protects our knee and prevents that sort of a thing from happening. Next feature, hyaline cartilage. We've talked about this one before. It's really white, it's smooth, it's shiny, really slick. Allows for the bones to slide across one another without too much issue. Acts as a bit of shock absorption and protection on the end of the bone so they don't grind on one another or wear away. The 
synovial joint or the joint capsule is lined with what we call the synovial membrane. And that's really important because that secretes or produces something called synovial fluid, which is kind of like, you know, if, I, if we were to come up with a comparison, it's kind of like putting the oil in. If you think of a bike chain needing oil in it to allow it to move and flex and move freely, then our joints are exactly the same. If the bike chain didn't have that oil, it would be really stiff and grind and things would wear out faster. It's the same with our, with our joints. If we didn't have some sort of a lubricant there, then they wouldn't slide quite as nicely or quite as easily. So the synovial fluid, really important role in lubricating the joint to make it move nice and freely. Some other features that play around a synovial joint are the ligaments and they create some stability by joining bone to bone or holding the joints together in the same place. The other element that we can see is a tendon connecting to a bone. There'll always be a muscle or a tendon that runs across a joint because that's how the movement's generated. It pulls from one side to the other and closes or changes the angle between the bones involved in that joint really cool aspect of the human body is connective tissue. It's cool because it's the stuff that holds us all together. So we need to look at some different aspects of connective tissue and saying, well, which is which? So cartilage, tendon or ligament, we've kind of given away a few already or we should be able to identify what's the purpose of them. So cartilage prevents bones rubbing on one another, reduces friction, acts as a shock absorber within the joints. We know that it also helps form joints if you look at the vertebrae and a cartilaginous joint there. It's kind of in the name. A tendon joins muscle to bone and it's actually the outer layer or there's a, there's a really thin layer outside around the outside of a muscle and as that gets towards the end of the muscle it starts thickening up and thickening up and bunching together and it bunches and becomes even thicker and all of a sudden it forms a tendon that then attaches to a bone which produces movement when that's pulled upon. Ligaments create the stability and we're going to have a bit of a talk about them in terms of particularly looking at the knee because that's, um, that's somewhere that people can identify with pretty easily. So the ligaments within the knee are pretty well known. Everyone will have heard of someone having done an ACL. Knowing what ACL stands for is really important. So let's have a bit of a chat about that and this will also help you with your next homework sheet. So everyone's most commonly known knee ligament is the ACL, the anterior cruciate ligament. Now the name is suggestive of its location, anterior being at the front. So it connects to the front of the tibia from uh, a point on the femur. The posterior cruciate attaches to the back of the tibia. Those two work together, so the term cruciate um, comes from the... Uh, it's either the Latin or the Greek, I've forgotten for now, whoops. Uh, but it comes from the term for cross, okay, so they cross over and they hold the femur on top of the tibia and help prevent it from sliding off forwards or backwards. And I know that sounds a bit gross, but sort of just from uh, pushing too far forward or pu pulling too far backwards and coming off the top of the tibia, you don't want that. That would obviously be quite painful and if you've ever seen someone do those injuries then they are in a fair bit of pain when it happens. The lateral collateral and medial collateral ligaments are on each side of the knee and they stop the two bones from separating sideways. So you wouldn't want your femur to shift off to the left-hand side or right-hand side of your tibia. That would be incredibly painful. So that's what those tendon, uh, sorry, those ligaments 
will do. The tendon that we need to address, sorry, I was getting ahead of myself a moment ago, the tendon within the knee that's really important is the patella tendon, and that obviously has the patella inside it, and it tracks from the tibia up onto then becoming the quadricep tendon, which connects to the patella and to the quadricep, and it means that the patella will track in the right spot in the front of the knee. Often people will have issues with that tendon and the patella might track the wrong way, and that can often be due to an imbalance of strength within various quadricep muscles. So all of those aspects, all those ligaments, help give that knee stability and keep two bones on top of each other. Otherwise, if they weren't there, then essentially you've just got two bones balanced on top of one another and it'd be quite unstable. So all those ligaments help provide some stability for the joint, which obviously we need so that we don't injure ourselves. Now your homework sheet is looking at the knee program from Netball Australia. Pretty awesome that they've put this out to help prevent injuries. Obviously an increase in the incidence of injuries is a concern for any sport. We want our athletes to be safe. So they've said, cool, let's make up a program. It has four key principles and we're going to train our athletes, train our coaches in order to look after themselves and know how to do things safely. Now this homework sheet requires you to do a bit of extra thinking and a bit of application of your knowledge and your understanding. So scrolling down you'll see there's a method section of something that you need to do and then the discussion. There's some important things in that discussion section that you need to identify. And this is really going to be helpful in your application of knowledge. So it's one thing just to remember things on paper, but to be able to apply that knowledge to a real situation is really important. If you've got any questions or challenges with doing that, by all means get in touch with your teacher, get in touch with me if you want me to re-explain or verify something that I have said throughout this podcast. And then you can start getting yourself ready for... Lesson four. Now, lesson four is going to run through some of this stuff, so you're going to have a jump start looking at connective tissue and reviewing some of that, and then also getting into discussing joint movements, the knee, and a little bit of a study on arthritis or osteoporosis, which will be really good information. Again, word of advice, be ready for a pop quiz at any point in time on labelling the skeleton and being able to practice that. Keep in mind that around week five, most of you will be doing an assessment for the skeletal system. Cool. Thanks for listening, gang.